0: Welcome back or welcome to the Single Track Podcast. I'm your host, Finn Melanson, and in this episode, we are talking with Cole Watson, a professional trail runner for Hoka based in Folsom, California, preparing for the 2023 Black Canyon 100K. Before we get started, a big thank you to Rabbit for sponsoring this episode. Rabbit makes the best trail running apparel, so if you're looking for a new kit and want to support the show in the process, use code Singletrack20 at checkout on their website for 20% off your next order. With that, let's get started. Cole Watson, great to have you back on the Single Track podcast. Thank you. It's good to be back, Finn. Last time we chatted, it was roughly a week before uh, this past year's Western States. And haven't checked in since, so curious about how the day went. And I guess more importantly, like what were the lessons learned and what are you applying to the current race at hand from that experience?
1: Yeah, I mean, as you know, Western States is an incredible experience. Um, and it might sound a little crazy, but I had 80 really good miles and I executed for that long. Um, and then the last 20 or so, it kind of fell apart, but um. I think it was mostly, uh, like nutritional operator air. I was, uh, just taking in a little bit too much roctane too frequently. Um, and it is what I trained with, but really I hadn't done it for more than 13 hours because why would you do a training run that's that long before Western States and then still be able to recover? Um, but I did a lot of five and six hour training runs with, this uh makeup of, you know, I think it was two scoops of Roctane and a eighteen ounce uh handheld and it was just a little bit too much for me to stomach uh taking that in every hour and so I got to the river and uh then I started throwing up and <laughs> all my energy wasn't getting converted into or my all my calories weren't getting converted into energy. So that's kind of when uh, I saw the writing on the wall. But uh overall I mean it I was still happy to, you know, make it under 18 hours. And when I looked back at the pacing and all that stuff, I kind of hovered around 15th place the whole day. And I was hoping to be, um, you know, 12th or, you know, 11th kind of knocking on the door of the top 10 by the time we got to the river crossing. So I was there. Um, it's just, I couldn't really finish it out.
0: I'm really curious to hear you talk about chasing potential in the sport, because when I see somebody with your pedigree and your talent, I wonder if you feel that there are expectations and pressure attached to, to your gifts. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I think I'd be lying if I didn't say that I don't feel pressure, but I think it kind of depends on on how you use it. Um, if you can kind of turn it into motivation, which is what I strive to do, um, I think it can really help me. Um, but yeah, growing up, you know, I was a state champion. I ran at a really competitive school for track and cross country at the university of Oregon. Um, so just from, just from those two things and then getting a chance to run professionally in a different sector of the sport, you know, people, I think automatically expect you to just string together a lot of like high end workouts and high end performances at races and, sometimes it's a little hard to, um, tell yourself it's okay to, you know, have an easy day. (laughs) Um, and you know, every, every workout, you know, with social media, you know, being what it is and Strava, um, we don't have to use it, but we do. Um, you know, it's kind of like everything kind of starts to look like a a performance or a show and tell. And, (laughs) And it's like trying to get away from that and just, you know, remember that it's all supposed to be fun. And like, that's why you're doing all that and not to like be a show off. (laughs) It's, uh, yeah. So I I always have to remind myself that, you know, that's, that's why I'm doing this and I'm not doing it for other people doing it for, for myself and, and my own journey.
0: When you think about the spectrum of interest versus talent, So, for example, maybe you're like a natural born ultra runner, but you're obsessed with the 5K and that's where you're going to invest your time. How do you prioritize? Like, do you think that what you're doing right now makes sense given your skill set or like in a perfect world, would you be in like in a perfect world where like your passions and interests weren't accounted for? Would you be better served like chasing a half marathon time or an OTQ or something like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely really enjoy I kind of have this fantasy of like having like uh, feet in both worlds of being a really good road runner, like marathoner. Um, and then also a successful ultra runner. Um, and, but there's like different types of ultra running or there's different types of trail running more specifically, you know, there's like shorter 30 K 40 K sky right. running right. mountain running. And then there's, uh, the golden ticket type races. And then there's like the long, uh, you know, in terms of time those mountain hundreds you know like UTMB hard rock and stuff like that um i mean now i think that i'm in the appropriate sector of trail running like these golden ticket western states these 100 milers that do have a lot more running in them yeah. um where you at, at times you have an opportunity to find more rhythm and and i think that's what i really liked about road racing or uh, road runnings. Cause I, I don't know if I'm much of a, of a racer. I never really enjoyed running the 1500 in college because it was so tactical. Um, really? a lot, a lot of track races, five Ks and 10 Ks and 1500s, like you just run slow for a long time. And then like, they just slam it, you know, 500 or 600 meters out. And I had a decent kick, but it couldn't really hang with a lot of these like division one athletes. Um, and so, I've definitely, I, I mean, it sounds maybe a little bit uncompetitive, but I'm a little bit of a better time trialer where I can just like not make a lot of moves. Um, you know, I can run, run out hard for a long time or I can just, you know, sit back a little bit more, but, um, I'm just, I, I think I'm a little bit better at like just using one gear <laughs> throughout the race. Um, and, you I think if, I was more interested in it. I would probably be doing like flatter ultras, like like road ultras, like fifty ks and hundred ks on the road. But my interest isn't there. <laughs> That's probably where my skill set is um, best suited now. Um, but my interest is in like these races that are a little bit more dynamic than that. You know, like Western states and and some of these golden ticket races. Because um, at one time, I I thought that like oh, I really want to do a lot of these sky races that were, uh, shorter in that 40 K 30 K realm, like Mount Blanc marathons, Zagama um, you know, just to name a couple and, uh, you know what, getting your butt kicked wasn't fun. <laughs> so I became not so interested in that. Uh, so I think now I'm having a lot more fun doing these races where I'm, I'm pretty consistently competitive and, and have, have a chance.
0: One more thing that I want to get your opinion on before we talk about how your training's gone and looking forward to Black Canyon, just had this guy on the podcast, John Ranieri, who ran in college at UNC Chapel Hill, just registered a 212 and change marathon at the CIM this past December, and he's making his ultra marathon debut at Black Canyon next week. And I think what I'm curious to get your opinion on is, do you think it's fair to immediately enter someone into the conversation about their potential and ultras just based on certain times that they've ran on the roads or um, are there other benchmarks we should be considering in the equation?
1: Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think it is. I mean, it's, it is really different and, and I've found that out. I mean, I'm not a two twelve 12 marathoner, um, but compared to a lot of other uh, trail runners that are a lot more successful than me, I, I have faster, track and road times and it doesn't really necessarily mean anything. I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot to be said for like the downhill stuff and what it takes, the toll it takes on your legs and and the nutrition and, and the mindset that you have to maintain for being in a race of these ultra durations. Um, I think a lot of road marathoners, they can come over and immediately run a 50 K, uh, and have some success depending on the profile, um, And, uh, but then once you start getting into like eight hour races and 14 hour races, and, uh, there's a lot more variables that they've never been exposed to. So I don't really think it's fair, um, to, for, for them to expect it to just translate so easily or others to expect, uh, it to translate so easily for them.
0: Mutual friend, frequent collaborator on the podcast, your coach, Brett Hornig was telling me offline that, uh, you're in phenomenal shape right now but I want to hear from you yourself. Tell me how training has gone and what you are uh, pulling confidence from heading into black Canyon.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I got to thank Brett a lot for that. Of course. Um, I think that after, after I ran CIM, it kind of got a flat tire at 30 K and had a bit of a hamstring uh, issue. So I I did take a week off after that, which I would have done if I would have run a more successful race anyway. Um, but he kind of held the reins back on me a bit and we really looked at things, uh, a little bit more specifically, um, to black Canyon. And, uh, those are the kind of workouts that we've done. Um, just, you know, like just mimicking the profile of the race. And we've done some back to back long runs where, uh, you know, the first one is, is flat. And then the next one's really hilly or a lot of my workouts have been like, running downhill for a really long time and then doing uh, some hilly repeats or some faster repeats. So just working on like fatigue resistance type stuff, which is probably the thing that I need to help the most with at this point in my career. Like I have a big engine um, just from my, my road background and my track background. And that's, that's kind of one of my big strengths, but I think we're really trying to work on some of my weaknesses because at some point, uh, you can only work on your strengths so much, um, and I think that the the fatigue resistance stuff is something that we've done a really good job at in a short build up. Um, so I'm excited with
0: that. If you had to place your current fitness and preparation in the context of all these other hundred k, hundred mile races you've prepped for in the sport so far, where would you say it is right now?
1: Um it it's a little bit challenging for me because it is a lot shorter buildup than I'm used to. Um, a a lot of I've always liked to train for a really long time and, and kind of make sure that all no stones left unturned. And I'm, you know, I'm really, I'm really overly confident that it's going to go well. Um, but sometimes I think it's just been a little bit too long, you know, to train for a race for four to six months, sometimes, to do that over and over and over again and only race once or twice a year. And these big ones, uh, I need, I need shorter buildups, um, and a little bit more like honed in and specific, uh, to the, to the race that's coming up. And so I think we've done a really good job with that. Um, so I haven't really run the most vert or the most mileage or the most minutes that I ever have, or I haven't even put down some of the most impressive workouts that I ever have either. Everything's been very controlled and calculated, um, which is a challenge for me. Cause I've, in the past, I've really flown too close to the sun a lot of times, um, and kind of left the the race, uh, in the workout.
0: What brings you to black Canyon? Uh,
1: I, I mean, I really want another opportunity to improve uh, my performance at Western States. I think, uh, And I'm sure that that's why most people run these golden ticket races. (laughs) Um, So I'm, I'm right there in that camp. I want to get back in and uh, I'm excited.
0: You mentioned just a moment ago uh, a tendency, or at least historically you've flown too close to the sun in certain training blocks or races. Um, I'm curious if, as we're watching your race unfold next weekend, are you going to be somebody that's wanting to match every single move that somebody at the front of the pack is making, or are you going to let the race come to you? How do you envision this playing out in your mind?
1: Yeah, certainly. Uh, I I want to let the race come to me a little bit more, but I don't think that I can sit all the way back in 30th or 40th place. I, I do well, and I'm really comfortable a little bit closer to the front, but I won't be um, responding to every move that's made because it's still eight hours, you know? Um, so I, I mentally, I need to, uh, be a little bit more asleep the first, uh, quarter of the race and kind of slowly get more into it as time goes on and, uh, you know, be there to strike when, when it's the right time.
0: Well, you gotta, I guess the big uh, issue will be you got to make sure you have a high enough heart rate to stay warm in that first 50K, huh? Uh,
1: yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what the temps are going to look like uh, there, but, uh, you know, it's the desert and the sun exposure is a lot different uh, in that part of the country. So it could, uh, it could, could, we could get pretty warm in the second half.
0: Awesome. Well, Cole, always great to chat. We'll make sure to link to all your socials in the show notes. Any final thoughts for the listeners before we go? no, I just appreciate being on the pod
1: again and uh, I am really excited for Black Canyon.
0: One last thing before we go, if you are enjoying this Black Canyon pre-race coverage and interested in supporting the podcast, please consider one of the following three options. First, leaving a rating and hitting the subscribe button on Apple and Spotify. Two, becoming a supporter on Patreon, which is linked in the show notes of this episode. Or three, using the single track discount codes with our sponsors, also linked in the show notes. We can't do this without you, so thank you for all the support you are able to provide.